0: Welcome to the PowerCast with Charlie Johnson. I'm one of the world's leading fitness and transformation coaches. I'm going to be providing you with the tools to build your ultimate body and mind. Okay, it's a pleasure to have Chris Spearman today on the podcast with me again. Episode number two
1: together, although we've done a few before, obviously, where I've been on your podcast. How are you doing? Good. Mate, we've done loads. We've done loads. The thing is, though, every time we do a podcast together, everyone's like... That was so valuable, really, really valuable, and um, yeah, always a pleasure, as always, as always. I think we complement each other quite well.
0: Yeah, we've both got a similar niche, but from, a very, from different angles and different backgrounds and uh, slightly different accents, which as well, always adds a charming twang to it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Um, so on the agenda today, what we wanted to talk about was uh, holiday rebounds. As funny enough, I've just come back from a very nice week away in Mallorca. Um, and this is a very common question I know myself and Chris get very, very frequent is how to manage a being away on holiday, which can, as stupid as it sounds, be a stressful and anxious period for a lot of people when fitness and health is a priority for them because they're a routine. And also how to deal with the process when coming back from holiday. And also the same thing was if you're, say if you're finishing a long cutting period, and you put on any weight afterwards or rebound out of the period, how you would manage that. Uh, is th- that's something you come across a lot, Chris.
1: Yeah, absolutely. And to be honest, dude, I think we're the perfect people because I, I- I'm pretty, sure, us. I'm pretty sure you've been away. I think I moved in... I bought this apartment almost a year ago. And I calculated that I've spent more evenings or nights not staying here than I have been here from, from being away. And I'm pretty sure you've been in that space of time, probably exactly the same. So I think we're a good pair to be able to discuss honestly and openly. Um, and especially because, you know, like you said, a lot of our clients... Be your shredded mate program or, or, or one of our programs is sometimes focused towards a date where they're going away, they've got a wedding, um, you know, or they've got something on and they want to go away. And then all of a sudden they're like, shit, what do I do when I get back?
0: Yeah. It's almost, and it's say the same thing in a weird respect. I think about competing when people have like a date set in your mind, you build yourself up very, Mentally to this this fixation on first of July or whatever the date is, um, and then when you get to that date, like, oh shit, what do I do now? Like, like people find particularly if they go away on holiday, there's no structure, uh, and just being able to sort of do what they want is almost too much freedom, but it then causes almost undue stress from that respect. And I, I, I get that a little bit myself, to be honest with you.
1: Yeah, absolutely, and I think you know, for me especially, I can relate in the sense that. We'll both also have clients, I suppose, who who come on board to build muscle. And uh, for me, when I travel, I struggle to build muscle more so. Um, I know we speak about this quite a lot. I actually eat less when I travel than than when I'm than when I'm at home. So for me, obviously, right now, my goal over the last year and and will be probably for the next year or probably decades to put on as much yeah. muscle as I can is is to, is to do that and obviously when you travel for me at least dude that's one thing that you do really really well and I know I say that to you and Mike all the time you've got your food prepped you've got everything ready I suppose my downfall there was that I kind of was so intuitive with food when I was cutting I found it quite easy to cut obviously you'll I'm sure you'll have people on the, the shredded Nate program or or over a specific period of time who want to build muscle but it's actually even it's in some, in some, obviously it depends on the person, in some ways more difficult to eat that amount of volume of food on the road and make sure it's clean. So I think this will be really valuable for people on all um, ends of the spectrum.
0: Yeah, 100%. It's yeah, so quite an interesting dynamic, actually. obviously, you're the, the opposite end of the spectrum. It's like, I'm naturally the greediest human being in the world, so I could probably eat pretty much every hour of the day without even blinking an eyelid.
1: That's why you. That's why you've got tissue, though. That's I need this. I need
0: this in my life. But then going to different different aspect to that. So we have different not issues, but I. So as a child and in my youth, I was always a slightly plumper child. Um, if you think like the fat Milky Bar kid, that's probably a fair representation. Or Augustus Gloop. Yeah, yeah, Augustus glute, that's that's what <laughs> I'm looking for, yeah. I think you saw this was, horrendous photo of me in my parents' house, which is
1: dude, I, I don't even know if I did, but I, I know you've got German heritage or you've got German roots, so that just kinda of res I, I, that's just kinda of what I assume you'd like stuffing your face with chocolate. Whereas yeah. of course me, I was, you know, the the anorexic kid who just couldn't put on
0: weight. <laughs> um but I think due to that that's almost given me um a bit of a paranoia about gaining weight and then getting fat and out of shape. So, and even like as a very experienced trainer now, like coach myself, I even like last week I started not to suffer with that a bit, but where I was out of routine, I was trying to like have one week a year like away with my parents, the rest of my family, try to relax a bit. I was like, after the first day, I sort of went a bit hell mary and had a lot of food. And then you almost get guilt tripped into that, which is something that a lot of my clients talk about, is they feel guilty when they've like, relaxed and enjoy themselves a bit and i think that's something that's an interesting thing for people to think about is that you shouldn't feel guilty for enjoying yourself if you've worked hard to have the physique you have you should be able to go away for a week or two a year or whenever you want um and enjoy the meals you want to have with the loved ones around you without feeling bad because you're off your plan if that makes sense
1: yeah absolutely just to put into context so your goal right now is keep as much muscle tissue as possible obviously you're you know, you're, you're big and lean, so you don't really have this issue, but you've kind of been in a deficit, let's say from, from the start of the year. So you going away, um, you know, I suppose your goal was to try and stay on track with food. How did you manage that while you were away? And, um, what advice would you give to people kind of in a similar situation?
0: So the easiest, the easiest thing to do is in my opinion, just 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 generally stay in shape. I like having some routine and structure for, so for me, particularly like it was a nice sunny beach resort. I like to get up early. I like to go for a walk, go for a walk for 30 minutes, an hour before like, anyone else is up, go through my phone, answer any messages, go through emails. It's a good bit of headspace, good for your digestion to get up walking. And it's also getting your calorie step uh, steps up for the day, which is something you're a master of. You do a lot of walking. so um, love, love a good walk like the forest Gump of uh, Kingston. <laughs> Northern, sorry. Um, that, that's something I'm very, very keen people do is to keep their activity up. And if people want to train by all means, they can train, but I wouldn't be paranoid about them training loads. So to give it for me, for example, I used that as like a deload week. So I was away from full calendar week. First two days, I took two full clear days off. And then I did uh, like three like pump sessions. So one was like an upper body session uh, just like 15, 20 rep supersets, pretty much everything like chest, back, uh, bicep, triceps, and uh, like, like a delt tricep. And then um, I would do the same for legs I would do like a quad and hamstring supersets, keep the volume quite high, relatively light, just get a bit of a pump and just enjoy the session. And what I found was interesting about that was that when I, before I went, I'd almost not fallen out of love for the gym, but you know, when you've been training a lot, and I've been doing like weird things like training twice a day it can get a bit, not stale, but you don't have the love for it quite as much. And I found that having two clear days off, then going into the gym on holiday with some extra food, I was suddenly loving life and my passion was just fired up again for training. I just wanted to be in there every day because I had to rein myself in. But um, I don't know if that's something you sort of found previously in the past because you've done a lot of similar training to that.
1: Um, yeah, to be honest, this is, this is another thing that, um, that we talk about quite a lot, actually. Myself and Charlie discuss frequency of training. Um, and I suppose I, for different reasons, would have trained twice a day. Now, I definitely do not recommend or, or say that that's optimal. It depends on your goals and being completely honest and a little bit vulnerable. My reason for training twice a day now and my, re- my reason for training twice a day um, previously was just more of a stress relief. Um, so I would, you know, I would go into the gym. The difference was obviously I was lifting quite light. Um, I wasn't doing anything overly taxing. I'll go in first thing in the morning, get maybe, you know, a pump session of something and get some blood flowing, feel good, come home, shower, get ready. Um, I used to go into the clinic, uh, take blood samples for most of the day. Um, and I would break my fast, maybe, I would I would have a black coffee and I would have branched chain aminos in in the morning, but that that would be it. So no actual meals generally until midday. And um, I would have generally a, a protein fat or protein veg meal. And as the day went on, I would finish analyzed blood samples for most of the day, commute back. And generally speaking, by the time I got back to the gym in the evening, it was probably maybe eight, nine o'clock in the evening. Then I would get a decent session in, maybe a little bit heavier. Get some post-workout carbs in um, home, and then you know do whatever email work at the time when I was growing my business. And for me, that was more out of after you know 12, 13, 14 hours in the hospital collecting blood samples and analyzing and looking down microscopes all day. I could not go home and go to bed. Like I mean, everyone's different, and I suppose it depends on your job. But for me, the only way to de-stress from something like that was was to train. And I'd be lying if I said, people say, and, and this is a slightly touchy subject, but some people have a poor relationship with food. I think being tra- completely transparent, I have a poor relationship with exercise. And what I mean by that is I, I need exercise, like seriously. And if I don't, I really, my mood really suffers. And I find that the more I'm stressed, the more I crave it, the more I need it. And, and without going too deep, I think for me as a scientist, I I didn't do a medical degree. I, I did a biochemical degree. And then I went into obviously cancer research. But when I was especially working over here and dealing with patients and taking blood samples from patients who had maybe a few weeks to live, that was really difficult for me. I'll be lying if I said it wasn't. And my only way to really de-stress or unload that negative energy when I would kind of leave the hospital was to have some form of physical exercise. And in doing so, then I would train in the evening. So, you know, obviously it depends on what what your coach has and the rationale behind it. I wouldn't necessarily recommend it to be be completely transparent. I suppose the difference there between me and Charlie really is that I obviously never struggled to get lean, but I definitely did struggle to build tissue because I was in a deficit all of the time. So it depends on your goals. It depends on you know, your you know, ability to go to the gym. Now, granted, people could say, Oh, you know, you, you, this is what you guys do full time. You can afford to go to the gym twice a day. I was in, I was in the lab uh, slash hospital slash clinic for 14 hours. I then had three or four hours of, of online work in the evening and I was getting four and a half hours sleep if I was lucky. So I made it work. But being completely honest, uh, and I, we used to say this, me and Charlie used to say this all the time. If I left and went home after a really long day and didn't go to the gym, my sleep wouldn't be as good. Okay, I might get an extra hour or an extra 45 minutes, but that de-stress and that adrenaline rush or you know, that physical release and those endorphins allow me to relax. Yeah, massively, massively. It's, um,
0: uh, funny enough, uh, me and Mike talk about it a lot. It's one of those things like for me, like training is like a moment of clarity and purity because purity, like, all the other shit in the world, nothing else really matters. It's like your mind inside your body because... 100%, yeah. ...concentrating and not getting squashed by the weight and just that's all that matters at that time. Like, you're not worried about work, bills, relationships, any other stresses. You're just focusing there in the moment, which is quite a beautiful thing in a lot of respects.
1: It's funny as well because, like, you know, obviously we've got a really good relationship and um, not throwing you under the bus here and letting <laughs> letting everyone in on... on, on the the thoughts of Charlie Johnson. But for me, for those of you guys who don't know Charlie as well as me, Charlie can be really, um, short. Yeah. But also, but also it takes a lot for you to open up to people. and, And that's a good thing. Yeah. And, and, and for me, I feel like it took, it took a few years of us being really good friends. Obviously you being my client initially and us getting to know each other before you would kind of open up. And even now, if there's a discussion that you want to have or you feel you need to have, you'll never have it on the way to the gym, but you will have it on the way back from the gym, and that's probably because you've de-stressed and you know you've you've relaxed and you've settled. And we have some obviously some great conversations, more personal conversations, and how things are going and you know our visions for the future and stuff. Uh, on the way to the gym, it's like oh business is great, doing this training split, doing this, and then you know, and I think that's important. Um, it's definitely important, and I think. Um, Without that, I, I don't know how we would do what we do without that. Yes, yeah, it gives, gives balance to life, I think. But I think b- b- before we go even more more off track in terms of kind of rebounds and reverse dieting, the one thing is <laughs> just, just to pick up on something that you said there. And it's something that um, Ben, ben had, um said to us last week. And it really made sense to me. And so you, we, we know this, like we go to the gym and you just you said the exact phrase, it allows us to be more present. But when you think about it, for those of you out there listening to this, who don't meditate or think that you should, if you go to the gym, you meditate. And, and what I mean by that is, to me, meditation is being present, feeling your body, understanding your body, and becoming a little bit more present. Now, there is no way that you can go to the gym and not be feeling a muscle or being present in your body or understanding what these movements do, even if it's subconsciously. So if you take anything away from this podcast, one thing I would love you to take away is when you're in the gym, really feel the muscle, not necessarily because you want to work the muscle, but because it's allowing you time to feel your body and become more present in your body, which is something that I think myself, yourself and Mike have been really focusing on over the last few weeks and it makes such a massive difference.
0: 100% it's an absolute game changer. when it comes to training that's the, the thing like as we were talking about earlier it's almost like an out of body experience where you're literally your your mind is within your own body in like a strange roundabout way if that makes sense.
1: Yeah, absolutely absolutely. Sorry dude we we, we took a little diversion no. there. Back into holiday, uh, holiday you're, mode. So you're away again, so you're, you're off to Dubai. But So just for example, last week, what would you have done food-wise?
0: So last week was a more relaxed week where I was actually trying to chill out a bit. So my usual protocol is I like to have a structure. So I'd get up, uh, I'd go to breakfast, I'd have something like three whole eggs or like a, an omelette, and I'd probably have a scoop of whey protein with that because generally you find with breakfast you struggle to get enough protein. Uh, I'd have a bit of fruit, some rye bread, a pile of coffee because I'm a big big coffee man um, and that would be meal one done and that'd be after my walk and then to be honest, a couple of mornings I did go and do 60 minutes card on a cross trainer because being honest, I felt guilty for doing it on the day before. Right. I'd rather do more activity than just think like sod it. I'll just, if I want to have four bread rolls at lunch, I'll do it. I'll, I'll get away with it and I'll just burn it off. Um, which isn't a great thing that I'd recommend clients do because it creates a credit debit mentality with food. Mm-hmm. Which isn't a great relationship to have, but I'm aware of that. And that's just something I know how to control my body and how it works. Um, so after breakfast, I would then go and have, uh, like I would normally train pretty later in the day. So I'd have a shake. Uh, so I'd have probably like 40 grams of sort of whey protein, again some fruit that would have pinched from breakfast. Um, which I would have scarpered off into my hotel room without them seeing, because they're a bit (laughs) aggy about that, Um, which I don't really understand why. Um, In terms of taking supplements abroad as well, this is a very, very popular question. So I admittedly, I took an entire tub of protein in my suitcase, but you can buy individual sample sachets from a lot of companies. And I would also suggest an easy way to do it is if you use, which is what I do with my intro workouts, I would get uh, like zip-up freezer bags, and I would just put like servings of intra-work, like an intra-workout for that for that gym session in a bag. Right, uh, and you can do the same thing with protein powder. You can just get like a big freezer Ziploc bag, fill it full of protein powder, put a scoop in there, put it in a suitcase. Job done.
1: What um, what would you put in there at the minute? So intra-workout wise, especially if you're yeah. traveling.
0: Uh, intra-workout wise, I would rein it in a little bit. So I'd probably just have a carb powder. Mm-hmm. which would be cyclic dextrin. I'd use a pepto pro, uh, which is like a hydrolyzed protein, which basically prevents muscle protein breakdown. And I'd also add in some, uh, creatine, uh, essential amino acids and that would be a fairly That would be pretty much all bases covered there.
1: So yeah, that's fair. Um, for those, for those curious about pepto pro, it's essentially like a, it's, let's just say the middle of the road between a protein powder, and uh, branched-chain aminos, obviously branched-chain aminos are um, leucine, isoleucine and valine on a specific ratio where something like Pepto-Pro has uh, you know, a lot more amino acids. So you do have complete protein, but it's it, yeah, it's, it, it's hydrolyzed. That's something that I don't use, but probably should use more of. Um, it's very, very
0: good. The only downside to it is it's expensive.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: And if you buy plain pepti- Pepto-Pro, it tastes absolutely horrendous. So you have to get flavoured ones. That'd be my my top tip. Don't don't get plain Pepto Pro because it will taste awful.
1: Yeah, I I, I did a similar um a video slash podcast on what supplements to take when when I was traveling back in September when I went to to Mi Forty in Tampa for the first time, and very similar to you, I would try and get. A, a carb powder. Um, although that sounds crazy for a lot of people out there, so they might say, oh yeah, but your carbs are going to be high when you're when you're away or you know when you're eating off pan. Yeah, they will be, but when you're performing at the level that myself and Charlie are performing and you want to get the most out of your session, you really need those carbs intra as well. It's it makes such a massive difference. Um, obviously cyclic dextrin like Charlie would be would be more optimal form. Um, yeah, I mean, don't get um, a dextrose or a multidextrin is
0: another another easy go to that a lot of people can do if you're away. It's like, which I to be honest I did comprehend was just getting like you can get like a Gatorade or yeah. a Monster Hydro. Uh, mm-hmm. Each one of those generally have about 50 grams of carbs
1: in them. Yeah, and, so so my issue when I went to the states, dude, is. Oddly enough, and kind of ironically, anytime, so that's what I would normally do. So, when I'm here and I don't have Intra, I'll get like Leukazade Sport, normally raspberry flavor, and I will yeah. mix it with some branched chain aminos or uh, One Nutrition have a pure rebuild, which is it's essentially a, a creatine branched chain amino. Um, it's got other essential amino acids in there as well um, and some glutamine. So, I, I will normally add those together. But, ironically enough, when you go to the States, because they're so supposedly so calorie conscious now to try and get people to eat less. It's actually really difficult to guess. Um, yeah. 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 Well, it can be difficult, obviously. Maybe I'm, I just haven't been shown where or, or what is the best, but when I go there, a lot of the Gatorades are like sugar free or less sugar, or I'm like, right. Okay. So I need two of these, to get 50 grams of carbs in. So, um, so yeah, to be honest with you, that's actually what I do. So I will normally go. I will normally bring. To be honest, I bring the pure rebuild. Um, I'm sure Muscle Nation probably have an equivalent. But for those of for those of you who are, who, who don't know what pure rebuild is, um, it, like I mentioned, it's it's kind of a mixture of a few things. It's got glutamine. It's got creatine. It's got essential amino's, and it's got also got branched chain amino's. So it's a really good like all in one. Now normally I wouldn't recommend an all in one for anything. Obviously we're trying to be optimal. We're trying to pick out specific ingredients depending on how much each individual needs. But for for something like this, that's actually a really good alternative. Um, I do something funny as well. Um, Char- Charlie's laughed at this a few times. So I'll neck my pre workout kind of i'll leave some and i will put that into my um into my intra as well so obviously the one up nutrition is is it's, it's pretty pretty standard um citrulline malate uh, beta alanine etc so i will actually drink a scoop almost a scoop of that and then whatever is left i will put that into my intra as well um and then obviously if i'm here i'll have cyclic dextrin like you um, I have actually been, and this is a secret, really. I have been having the trained by JP MPS Max. Uh, uh, you have? Have you tried it? Uh,
0: I haven't tried the MPS Max. I've tried the Sustain, Ooh. the car Powder, which was which was pretty decent, to be fair.
1: So, transparently, obviously, I'm a one-up nutrition athlete, but um, the Shredwood Science podcast is sponsored now by Supplement Needs. So, I get a lot of my health um, supplements from them, as I mentioned before, and obviously, they supply trained by JP Nutrition. So, I decided to try MPS Max, and I actually like it. Yeah, I do really like it. Um, so, I mean, that's, if I was, if I was bringing something abroad like that, dude, yeah, I would probably get maybe an all in one like that, or like you, I would mix it up myself. And then I would get like a carb, uh, a carb drink while I'm there. Um, being honest, the only time that I would bring powder with me, is if I'm struggling to get calories in, which is always really, but if I really feel like I'm gonna to struggle to get calories in, I will then bring a, a whey protein powder just so I can supplement. Because like like you mentioned earlier, I feel like when you're away or you're eating off plan, generally it's carbs and fats that are higher than normal, especially compared to the diets that you know our clients would be on. And any protein that you do have is normally not that lean. So it obviously causes your 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 percentage uh, protein per food to be less. So I will kind of bring uh, I might bring some some um, some some powder, but yeah, sachets would be better. To be fair,
0: yeah, it just make it a little bit a little bit simpler. But generally, I think when like traveling, I think it's just being a lot of people use a lot of excuses. Just being aware and being mindful of what you're doing, if that makes sense, rather mm-hmm. than. Um, a lot of people sort of just stick their head in the sand just eat what they want. So I think that's where a lot of people go wrong in my opinion. Yes.
1: Yeah, so, uh, and, and what would you say for people, let's say who have come back just like you have and, or they've done a trade a program with you or they've hopped on one of my programs. They've gone away, you know, they've gone on holiday, gone, you know, had their wedding, had a stag and then they come back and they want to get back into routine. What sort of uh, tips and tricks would you advise?
0: This, this is, this is where the mind plays games and having accountability makes a big difference. So for myself, for example, I came back and I was like feeling pretty soft right now. So I was like, it was a good holiday, if you know what I mean. So there was a lot of food went down. Um, so part of me was thinking, okay, let's go balls, go balls out. I'll go back in 60 minutes flat out, hardcore cardio a day. I'll do more cardio late in the afternoon. I was like, you just need to chill out from here. That's, that's OCD. So basically the best thing which, you, which I would advise and which I've done and has worked perfectly uh, is basically get straight back into the plan that you have before you. It has. Most of the weight you'll find, unless you've uh, been pretty reckless with what you've been doing while you've been away, will end up just being water weight. 100%. So, for example, <laughs> the last three days I've dropped a kilo and a half. Um, How much did you put on out of curiosity while you were away? Uh, let me consult my little app on my phone, which I think I was up a kilo and a half, so I'm back down to whatever I was before I left. So In, in a week? Yeah, I thought I would have been heavier
1: than that, if I'm honest. What I would do to put on a kilo and a half in a short space of time like that. <laughs> I, know, I know, like you said, it's water glycogen, of course. Um, it's,
0: it's just nothing exciting. Like, to be yeah. fair, I was, like, just, I was in the lift in the airport on the way home, and I was like, my arms are pretty big. It's a like, fair play.
1: Swole. Um, yeah, swole. It's funny though because I love that I I know we speak about this all the time. I don't aim to be lean, uh, you know, I'll get lean to challenge myself to push my body, you know, if I've got a some magazine cover or a book cover or something that I need to be lean for. But I I prefer that kind of like chunky look. I really do. So yeah. I would I love that. Like I love going away. Actually, you know what the one of the only times that I went away and came back looking like really, really full was, I went to Monaco probably, to be honest, almost three years ago, two years ago. And all I did was just eat. And I don't know why that time I just ate and ate and ate. French French cuisine. Yeah, possibly, dude, it was so expensive there. But um, it was, I came back and I looked at myself and I was like, wow, I just look full. Um, it's a food I, I find like a lot of the time your
0: body actually almost looks better because your stress levels is so much lower.'re
1: Yeah.
0: You're crazy with work or whatever um, and again, you're like a slightly less stressed body. we've slept more, we are mm-hmm. generally healthier, leaner, and more muscular probably and fuller. And-
1: and I can't remember was it the Friday or the Saturday that Ben mentioned, which is so true. He said hypothetically, you know, someone is eating X amount of calories and they're doing X training program. Um, yet one person is getting four hours sleep. They're stressed all day long. They're commuting on trains. Um, you know, really, really high cortisol. Eating okay, they're eating X amount of calories, but from bad food, processed food and, uh, you know, stress relationship. Um, let's just say they've got a turbulent household. And then on the flip side of the coin, you've got someone eating the same amount of calories from perfectly organic food, you know, waking up at their leisure whenever, you know, whenever the sun rises, strolling straight out onto the beach, chilling, going for a dip, coming back in, you know, Having sex with their partner and just chilling, relaxing. Yeah, you remember
0: him saying that. To be fair, yeah,
1: and like it's so true. Like, which body is going to look better? Which body is going to perform better? Which body is, provided obviously the stimuli to the muscle is 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 the same. There's only there's obviously one answer, and it's. Um, I think if we can take anything from, and I know you know I've been there, you know, sleeping four hour nights for almost three years. I've been there and I can see the difference now in my body. And the excuse is, I don't have time. That's bullshit. You do have time. I guarantee you, like, if, if you knew what Charlie does on a day to day basis and do, you used to do it all and do your other job exactly the same as yeah. me. You know, I I just took on another hire this week and I I wrote down all of the things that I was doing that I wanted this person to do. And he, he'll be listening to this, so he doesn't mind. He said, how on earth can I do all of that in one day? And I was like, I used to do all of this in one day and everything I already do. And he was like, oh, shit. And and the only reason we can do that or, or perform at that level is because we're organized. Um sure structure. Yeah. And you're you're exceptionally good at structure. It's really, really important, you know, to to get this down, to get lean, to build tissue, to be successful in business. Structure is so important. So for me, what I would say to these people when they come back is just get back into your routine. Get back into structure. Um, Like you said, most of that weight, if not all of it, is going to drop right back off. I think the mistake I see a lot of people make is they go away, let's say for two weeks or three weeks, or they might drop off your program for a month and they come back on. That's fine, and it's better than not coming back on at all. But identify that the best opportunity for growth at any point, at, you know, during a during a you know a cut or a growth phase, is immediately after your cut. And if you can really control that, when I say control that, I, I don't necessarily mean don't eat a lot of food. You can eat a lot of food as long as it's the right food at the right time. And, what you like, Yeah. And dude, for some people, their their structure means that they don't eat as much as they could post-show or post-cut or post-whatever. And actually, if they just got more food in at the right times in the right form, they would put on serious tissue in a short space of time. Obviously, a lot of it will be glycogen and water, but it still creates um, an environment for growth.
0: Oh, 100%. And it's, it's those things that people don't pay attention to is managing recovery and stress. Uh, and that's where I think you really notice the difference when you're in a, like an alien environment like a holiday where it's almost the other end of the spectrum where there is a lot, obviously, hopefully no stress. Yeah. Um, and you can then suddenly see the benefits of, of the difference there, really.
1: Yeah, absolutely. And what would you say to people then who wanted to reverse diet out of that out, out of that point? Would you advise they cut for a little bit, get back to where they were? Or would you just when take them back
0: on holiday or anything like that? I would always suggest cut initially, as soon as you come back, at least do a week to 10 days, straight back into your plan, your body will naturally balance out. I would never go from a holiday phase where you haven't had structure, you probably haven't been training properly. Uh, and then try and go into bulking phase because you're better off almost resensitizing your body a little bit, getting back yep. into a routine and then couldn't assessing where you're at. Agree and and, more. And couldn't agree more. more. Like a, if, you, if you go in stri- trying to grow straight from that scenario, you don't really know what's happened in that first week where you're trying to grow because your body, body's still trying to balance out water, fluid, different foods from where you've been away. Yeah. Um, and something else I'll take into context as well as people don't think. Flying has a lot of impact on your body, uh, in terms of cabin pressure, water retention. I also find my digestion tends to flare up a little bit when I'm traveling. You need to pay all these things, details to all these, sorry attention to all these details, so that when you come back, you can try and get onto like a level playing field so you know where you're at, and then you can make adjustments after a week or 10 days, and then 10 days and then start incrementally taking up food, calories, and then starting to look to add some serious tissue from there.
1: Yeah, I agree. I think if someone, or, or even if people go, okay, I've just been on holiday, I'm, I want to get back into routine and I want to grow up, it's like, whoa, hold on. Let's, let's cut you down because you know, as, as we all know, uh, as I said earlier, the best time for growth is immediately after a cut. Now, admittedly, there have been times that I want to grow and now being one of them, for me to get back into routine, I've put myself in, in a marginal deficit or just about maintenance and I've increased my activity so that my body's getting back onto, you know, back on form, back into routine, getting rid of water weight and um, bad water weight. And obviously just kind of resetting myself before I start increasing my calories and going up again. And, um, w- one thing actually, uh, myself and, um, and Mike you've been doing since, since the seminar is getting up first thing. So I'll get up at six, quarter past six, um, put my sandals on, just throw whatever clothes are, are there, um, I'll talk about why the sandals afterwards, but uh, I'll just go for a walk 10, 15 minutes around the block and just kind of become present, come back in, meditate, um, not necessarily like sitting there cross-legged, but I'll just be trying and be a little bit more present, be a little bit more mindful, and then I will start my day. Coming back to the flip flops, it was a great point that, that Ben made about um, your functionality in your feet. Um, and For example, you know, if any of us were to put your hands in cooking mitts and, and sellotape them, and you left your hands in cooking mitts for most of the day for 20 years, what do you think the functionality of your fingers are going to be like? They're going to be poor. Of course, they're going to be poor. It's like you'll have spades as hands and your feet are no different. Um, our functionality in our feet for most of us is not great. And when it comes to you know structural stability, what happens is if you think if you think of your hands and look at your hands right now, if you just hold them together as, as if they were rigid, if there is strain or stress coming through your hand during a movement or you have to put pressure on, on, on your your whole arm, if it's if you've got rigid or poor structure or poor stability in your wrist joint, it's going to put a lot of extra stress through your elbow and then eventually through your shoulder and your feet or your legs are no different. Also, I think if you look at maybe some of the more, the most diverse uh, genomes in the world or, or, or people with the most genetic um, diversity, so people in Africa, um, they're more than capable of, of course, they don't really have shoes. They're more than capable of picking things up and putting food in their mouth with their feet. I'm not saying you should do that. I'm not saying you should do that. <laughs> Maybe you should try, but I'm not saying I'm you not, should. My awkward feet in the world it won't be me. Yeah. Well, I'm not saying, you know, we should do that, but the point is they still have a lot of, um, they still have a lot of, uh, structural stability in, in, in their, in their lower body and in the ability to do that. So, um, I think that's interesting. Just coming back to, um, it's something that myself and Charlie have spoken about a little bit, a little bit off topic, but relevant when I say the most, um, what is that
0: it's gone now I think we're good sorry I think something crazy went past my uh, window
1: the um sounded like sheep dude (laughs) I do live in the countryside yeah well dude I, I did some podcasts in Ireland and yeah Interesting. Um, but just on that, just on that point, um, actually it's kind of relevant really in terms of Ireland, it's the complete opposite. So if you look at uh, genetic diversity of any population, you, you, you want the most diverse gene pool, or you go to wherever the genome is most diverse, you're going to go back to where that species originated. Whereas if you go to somewhere like Ireland, for example, or you go to some Island, generally the gene, the gene pool starts to decrease. Um, and you 'll actually find some of the more genetically superior human bodies or or athletes are people who have a more diverse genome or a more diverse gene pool. I know we 've spoken about this before about um, michael johnson 's documentary on on uh, african american sprinters right
0: yeah it 's a, a fascinating um, fascinating how that 's almost improved the athletic standpoint of the african American community where it 's obviously with the crossing of slaves from Africa the weaker as it said it was the weaker genetic uh, pool. almost what sort of killed off and didn't make the crossing mm-hmm. it average mm-hmm. condition but it's almost sped up human evolution in, in an athletic standpoint in that respect
1: but yeah, I think, um, reverse dieting is definitely something that is kind of overlooked for a lot of people. And I know people say, like, we say it all the time. I don't know if you say it to your clients, but I go, listen, the most important thing after your photo shoot, if you want to get cover model ready, the most important thing after that is what you do for the next six weeks. Um, no,
0: and no, 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 all in the first three days afterwards by, yeah, like, going not hog wild and dominoes and Ben and Jerry's cause. It's, it's very easy to get caught into that mindset that like it can all fall apart quite quickly. You just need to be sensible. And if you want to stay lean and manage that process and have like good food, it can easily be done and grow and stay lean, but you just have to be um, clever with the way you play your diet, where you manipulate your food and like, just push and pull on different levers as your body adjusts to the changing variables of cardio training and nutrition.
1: What would you say to people when they come back from, say, a holiday, or, or you know, they're they're on the cusp of a rebound? Would you tell them to do more cardio, less cardio, or, or what are your processes in terms of activity? And then, what do you tell them to do in terms of carbs? Do you tell them to decrease carbs, stay the same, or, or increase carbs when they I, come back?
0: I always go back in pretty much exactly where they were when they left off. Um, I think too many people. If they were left to their own devices, we'd go cold turkey and do something like keto and just think sure. and then two of the cardio a day and jump in the deep end and then burn themselves out after three days and then give up. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think because people are out of a routine where they're being on holiday and then they come back, they initially might find it slightly difficult in terms of getting back into the gym anyway. Mm-hmm. And the motivation might not quite be there because they haven't got that beach holiday to look forward to or to be looking lean for on the beach. and thinking, oh, who's gonna care about wearing a shirt at work anyway? But like that is when you need to get back into it straight away and get back into the routine and I'd say get back on, back on the horse or back on the saddle uh, and get back on the gym journey and just get straight back into a routine, give it a few days and then reassess from there.
1: I've, I've kind of come full circle on this. So when I first, um, you know, started, started coaching after, you know, clients had done shows, I would say, okay, right. We're going to keep your carbs low.
0: Slightly different. I'd say, because obviously the, the extent of how lean or probably how deplete someone is probably completely different. I would say,
1: Yeah, I would. true. But 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 I used to be like, all oh, right, okay, you know, you've you've binged, you've done this. Let's drop your carbs. And then I was like, y- realistically, what you said, just go straight back on the plan is the most important thing because they need that stability, they need that yeah. structure, mm-hmm. and it worked before. Well, if you tell someone who's just eating a load of sugary carbs, that are addictive, that
0: they're mm-hmm. and tons of. You can't have any of that now for next week. Mm-hmm. All they're going to be thinking about is carbohydrates probably for mm-hmm. the next seven days. Um, that'd be my, my thought process. And I'd rather make it a more manageable approach that will get them back into, into line, into routine, which they're not going to hate. And mm-hmm. not to be able to adhere to, adherence is everything. If someone can't stick to something, at that point. Interestingly,
1: um, something that I do now is if someone is in that situation, I actually increase their carbs. Now I do that for a few reasons. Forget about psychologically, it's going to make it easier. But if for the vast majority of people, when they go on holiday, their training is not on point, their nutritional timing is not on point. So what actually happens is they feel fluffier, but I guarantee most people, depending on how frequently they train, let's just say someone goes away for a week and does not train, which is the vast majority of people, generally speaking, they're going to actually be softer in the muscle and less full in the muscle. Yet they're going to feel watery or sub, they're going to probably hold more water subcutaneous than anywhere else. Um, and they haven't really been training. So what I'll actually do now is I will increase their carbs post-workout. Um, and I may increase their activity slightly or just keep it back where I was. But I, I then find that they saturate glycogen stores a lot quicker and they get back into routine and they get a better pump. But at the same time, psychologically, of course, they've it's not as big of a shock. For example, if someone is eating relatively clean, I might say, right, put in a, a muffin post-workout or you know, put in whatever it is that they're craving post-workout for the first maybe week. Um, and they, they actually get fuller a lot quicker, they recover a lot better. Plus, you have to remember if someone's been training frequently and they take a week off, they're probably able, they're probably a lot fresher as well. So they're able to do more in the gym and those carbs allow for better recovery. Um so i have definitely come full circle on that one. Um but obviously you you, you have to read it on, on the client. I know some clients who you tell them to have a bit of chocolate and, and they'll they'll binge a store, but it it's it's dependent, hundred percent dependent. It's I, I think like you we get the same questions all the time and people
0: ask a very specific question and the answer is always it depends because yeah. I not all the information and I can't give the answer. Um because the answer is normally it depends. So, What are you going to be like in
1: Dubai? What's the plan? I know you're, you're training and, and,
0: and... stuff. <sighs> um, so myself
1: and younger Michael, he's older than me. Magic um, Mike. Um, we'll be
0: training a lot with the Gelsies over at Benous Gym. Um, and we'll generally be floating around. We might try to go to the water park. But I'm, I'm slightly scared because it's going to be very, very hot. So it's going to be about 50, 45 degrees, I think. You're going to die, mate. Yeah, so it's it's going to be interesting. I'm going to get, I'm going to get a decent... Actually I don't think we'll even be, we'll be able to get tanned. i will be able to set outside. But, um, <laughs> um, inter- so you're training with my cousin as well, right? Yeah, Mary. Yeah, so I'm going to have dinner with Darren on Saturday night in Dubai as well. So awesome. personally, I'm a big fan. If anyone's out there next week, uh, drop me a message. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, so I'm a big, big fan. Have you been there yet?
1: I haven't, dude. And you, you know what's interesting, though, about Darren and you... What's that? that you don't know. So I, I was uh, obviously I was um, invited to Charlie's wedding, and I was Darren's best man. Now I trained with Charlie the morning of his wedding, and I trained with Darren the morning of his wedding. And my client Josh Pierce, I also trained, uh, who who got married recently, also trained with him the morning of his uh, wedding. So I think people are just kind of inviting me to their weddings to get a session in before the ceremony at this race. <laughs> I was gonna make a joke then, because
0: they, they know you're not going to train hard enough to so get injured.
1: <laughs> <laughs> Where do we train?
0: Oh uh, uh, yeah, M13. So yes, good, so good. So I'll be yeah. back at that in two weeks, but um, which again sort of coincides with the, the travelling debate. So, if, say for example, when I'm going to Dubai on Saturday. Uh, I will be taking all my supplements with me, health supplements. I will be taking my food with me on the plane uh, on the way out there I've got a meal prep company who provide my meals that I'll take with me and when I get out there I will probably just go to the supermarket and get food for most meals and then we have got a the option of using a meal prep company when we're out there but like nowadays it's really simple to try and stay on plan and whilst traveling you just need to like plan ahead um, and my biggest tip that I can give anyone which I find works really well, and particularly if you're coming back from a holiday where well, you know you're going to be overdoing it with the food, is to fast. So if you're on a long-haul flight, uh, so like the last time I did the wrong one was coming back from Thailand. I literally, from when I left my hotel to my home in England, I did not eat anything. I literally just drank water. It um, gives your stomach a good chance to catch up, because chances are you've probably been hammering food for the last week. Um, so it gives you a good chance for that to clear out. It obviously naturally... Help clear some of the water off, uh, which you're obviously going to put some water on from flying. That gives your digestion a good break, bring your calories down, obviously, for that day, and help to hopefully start to balance you back out again. And then you also don't have to stress about what you're going to do with 15, 16 hours of traveling and lugging the food around. So if you don't have to eat, that's quite an easy, straightforward solution. Um, have you tried that before, Chris?
1: So I'm gonna say yes, but not intentionally. Obviously, my, my issue is trying to get the food in when I when I travel. But there have been times, of course, when I flew when I flew over to Tampa the first time uh, last September, and I had some shoots there. I had some shoots in Miami, and then I had some shoots in Las Vegas a week later. And at that point was the best condition I'd been in and I was trying to stay strict. That being said, I, as, as as you have on a number of occasions, um, got some pretty nice food on the plane that I couldn't say no to. Um, So, um, but generally speaking, I feel like, and, and this comes back to, to why I used to eat a lot. Less food or a lot less uh, carbs when I was was in the hospital or the clinic. It wasn't because I was trying to stay lean. It really wasn't. I was I stayed lean by as a bonus by default. It was that my mental clarity was so good when I was fasted, and so for me being when I was in the hospital, when I was in the clinic, and now when I've got calls for hours and hours, or you know we're doing webinars, whatever it is, and I need to stay focused. I will generally drop my food purposely around that time. So if I've got something on or I'm doing a a lot of work on a plane, which I tend to do, I will purposely stay pretty low carb or fast. Um, I don't know if we've only traveled on planes a few times. I know we did in Columbus and we spoke, we chatted for about 10 hours consistently for 10 hours, um, nine or 10 hours. Yeah. But uh, I can fall asleep very I fallen asleep standing up, dude. Like I can, f- because I spent so long with very little sleep, I function perfectly. But as soon as I sit down for two minutes, I'll be asleep. So I'm always on the go. So if I have some, a decent amount of food and then hop on a plane, I will probably be asleep before takeoff. And 100. it's, yeah. 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 If, if if
0: I sit down, I just fall asleep. So yeah, 100%. It's probably just similar characters that we both have. We tend to be running around a lot all the time on the go. And when you've got an opportunity where you can sit down, there's no internet connection, and you're almost just left to your own devices, your brain probably just switches off into reset mode and you're f- offering that.
1: Yeah, 100%. Um, quite
0: nice I, I, I don't know if you... I think we've spoken about this before. I find like flying is a very good time for reflection on life and thinking about things while you're jetting around the world. Um, It's, it's quite an interesting dynamic in this
1: way. Especially when you don't have Wi-Fi, I think sometimes it can be really beneficial. And I use this this analogy a lot with people. And people say, oh, well, I can't do a huge amount on the plane. It's really boring. I'm probably just going to sleep. And I've actually got some of the best work I've ever done on a plane with no Wi-Fi because I take my laptop on there and I've got no distractions. I've got nothing else to do other than write. My first ebook I wrote in uh 2016 maybe yeah 2016 and on a plane and i basically had i was flying to to los angeles san diego at the time actually and uh i said you know what, i'm just gonna write an ebook actually that's not true it was my first ebook it was my first training guide and uh i said you know what i'm i'm gonna i'm gonna write an ebook that will pay for this flight and I wrote that ebook, and within the first few months, it had paid for the flight ten times over. And it was because I I put down that was my shred with science training guide. Um, And it's not expensive; it's only what ten, 10 pounds. But yeah, it that was about this. What was that?
0: Yeah, well, my uh, I think my simply shredded ebook. I, I I have a visioning memory of sitting at Gibraltar Airport with the Rock of Gibraltar in the background, sitting there with my laptop, writing a lot of that.
1: Yeah yeah and i think so what i do sometimes is i will take my laptop fully charged and i'll go to a coffee shop and i'll say or, or let's just say there's it's half there's 50 percent left and, and i want to get some work done i will go somewhere without my charger and i will say right i have an hour to get as much work done as i can before this dies and i find that a very very good uh, initiation tactic to be productive um and obviously i use that as well when i travel so you know for those of you guys who are going on holiday or coming back of course enjoy yourself but if you've got opportunities to reflect or opportunities to progress don't waste them um so i, I you know for me i suppose in summary if you are going away uh, first of all enjoy it if you've worked really hard and you've been working with myself or charlie for that reason great relax Enjoy it, but what I would say is you know I, I know Charlie's shredded in eight program is eight weeks you know and we've got a shredded in six program or a few other kind of you know uh, programs that are maybe may less uh, less time than working for 12 weeks or, or, or four or five six months. If you're coming on one of our programs for a short space of time that's great um, and I've no doubt that you'll do exceptionally well. My advice to you is look at okay, if you can make this change in this length of time, imagine if you worked with us for a year. Imagine if you said and and I love when clients say this they'll jump on the shredded in six program or they'll jump on another program and they'll say i'm I'm, I'm doing this program right now, but I want to continue to work for you or with you for for the next twelve months and that's when you know that you've completely re-
0: revolutionize someone's mindset and that they will then be able to achieve like whatever they want. Cause that's the thing I think that a lot of people sometimes need to maybe do a shorter program, get results. And when they get the results, they get addicted to the progress. They can believe, they believe in themselves. And then they, when they start to think, okay, if I start stringing it together, another eight weeks, another eight weeks, another 12 weeks. Like where could I be in a solid 12 months? That's the world you're then Then, when you've got that mindset. It's,
1: it, it's for us as coaches, it's not a case of, oh, sweet. You know, um, you're paying a hundred pounds for, for, a, you know, a, a, a say eight weeks, six weeks, whatever it is. Um, and then we go, oh great. We're going to have them now for 12 months. It's not about that, you know, in, in, in the most respectful way possible. Like yourself, you and me, like you don't, need the money in a polite way. I was just way. about to say, in the most yes. respectable, respectful way possible, we don't need the money. Right. But what we love is knowing that people are committed to us. And, and give them the opportunity to change, change their lives. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Um, absolutely. Dude, what last bits of advice would you give to people in that situation, in particular when they get back? In hit when they get
0: back... Top three. Um, first, don't stress because it's just interesting because this is right at top of my mind because I got back I'm from holiday on Saturday and I was bit in this mood that's like three, four days ago. Um, don't stress. You haven't destroyed your physique in six, seven days or two weeks you're in a way. So that'd be my first point. The second point would be the, next, the day after you get back, weigh yourself, uh, do check-in photos for yourself just so you can see where you're at. Get straight back into the plan and then three days wait later, do it again, check your weight. I can guarantee you would have dropped a fair whack of weight and that'll be water weight. And that in itself will give you a lot of confidence back to know you're back into routine, you're back into where you were. And then you can steamroll onwards from there, from there, the world's your oyster again.
1: Absolutely. I'm going to leave you guys with something that I said to one of our, uh, one of our clients on our, on our, uh, on our group call this week on Sunday and he was in a very similar situation. And just like these people who are coming back from holidays and they're a little bit stressed um, or frustrated, or if you have a bad week and you're stressed and frustrated or you feel like, you know, your weight has stalled. What I said is, okay, I uh, want to hypothetically, you could go right back to the very first you when you were 50, 60 pounds heavier than you are right now. What would you say to that person? And he said, okay. Uh, uh, And I I said, with the journey that you've done so far. And he said, I would tell him to be patient, uh, be consistent, trust your coach, uh, learn to love yourself, um, and it will be worth it. And I said, great. Now I said, what do you think the you from the future would say to you right now? Be Be consistent, be patient. It will be worth it love yourself that little bit more and trust your coach. And I said, you've just spoken to yourself. Sometimes you need to get the client to, to, to go al- almost outside of their own body and identify the situation they're in is no different to where they were a year ago. Yes, they've lost a huge amount of weight in that time, but it's the exact same things that they've been doing all along. They just need to continue to do them to enjoy the process. And so that's what I would say.
0: Great point. Very, very good point. So, absolute pleasure as always, Chris. Uh, Amazing. Get us in for a monthly podcast. So if there's anything you guys want us to discuss in more depth or detail in the next one, uh, please drop us both a message, tag us all in the stories of us uh, on Instagram, Facebook, and join the podcast with any comments. And hope you all have a wonderful day.
1: Absolutely. Pleasure, dude. Thank you. Yeah, pleasure as always.